0: You're listening to a podcast from 702.
1: 702
2: Masterclass. Yeah, so I'm very excited about our topic for our Masterclass this Wednesday. And uh, it is fascinating. It is controversial. I'm sure there are going to be some who are going to go, how can you be talking about this? Are you encouraging us to do this kind of thing? But I'm going to say right off the bat, I'm not encouraging anyone to do this. But if you are thinking about it and you might have heard about it, we want to present all sides to you. We want to give you the pros and cons. So today we're talking about Microdosing. Now, it's something that has come up over the past couple of years. It caught my attention as well. Now, I've always been open, right? I'm going to admit. I've always been open to new experiences and I will try anything, well almost anything, almost anything, once twice, maybe three times and you know, I I know people who have sort of sat in a teepee with a shaman and had what they describe as out of body experiences they claim to have chatted to the spirits of uh, loved ones who passed on a long time ago they claim to have seen them, they've also apparently remembered certain childhood traumas or even past lives, they've gone back there, so they say, this is fascinating, and who are we to say that it didn't happen, or maybe it did, maybe it didn't. I don't know, or not quite the way they say it happened. Was it all just there in their memory bank? So. When I heard about this thing called microdosing, my interest was piqued. So I wasn't about to go and, you know, drink some weird, deadly substance and hotbox in a TV with a shaman. I haven't had that opportunity, but I might if the opportunity landed on my lap. But microdosing, the more I read about it, it is it does involve hallucinogenics, uh, hallucinogenic substances. So those of you in the know, those of you who were partying in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, you would know about things like LSD, you'd know about MDMA, Um, ecstasy, you would know about magic mushrooms even now and people are talking about it, people are talking about what are the benefits of this and you know I've heard, uh, or I've read articles about people saying it has helped them deal with certain traumas, it has helped them deal with certain um, illnesses and mental health issues, and even addictions as well, but I don't want to say too much about it, because I'm not an expert, but we, we thought we would find you an expert, as controversial as this is, to actually give us the ins and outs of what microdosing is, because I don't want to lead you down the wrong path, so uh, I want to say hello to Dr. Naeem integrative who is an integrative uh, who is an Integrative psychiatry. I hope I've got that right, Dr. Muller. Integrative psychiatry. Is that what you do? Good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon, Uweka. Thank you for inviting me and good afternoon to your listeners as well. That's right. I'm an integrative psychiatrist and and essentially I've trained as a psychiatrist but i take it a bit a step further and i look into the holistic life of an individual not just fixate mm. on symptoms and manage symptoms with medication
2: okay so and and that's where people oh that's where the world seems to be going we're looking at holistic everything has to be holistic it's not just taking your prescribed medication so let's talk about microdosing and i want <clears throat> to know from you what is it and is it legal
0: Okay. Uh, yes, well, depending on what you're microdosing, but we talking specifically into psychedelics, and of yes. course we're talking to a space of illegal substances, and of course immediately the answer is it is illegal. Okay. So there's no two ways around why, that. Why
2: is it illegal?
0: Because of the laws of our land, and the laws back in the 1970s is where the World Health Organization and, and other parties that may be took a decision on listing certain substances as illicit substances due to their mild altering capabilities and potential to cause disastrous outcomes to people. Okay. And psychedelics included into this class of substances, of course, illicit substances. And since then, laws of various lands that followed the colonial powers have carried that law forward, Okay. unfortunately.
2: All right. So specifically about microdosing, um, what happens when you're the microdosing? What are you
0: involves, doing? Uh, mm. you, you, you're using sub Doses of, of a psychedelic product, and, and that varies from product to product depending on the on the, uh, the product. The different concentrations would vary. But when you say subsensorium, uh, there should be no distortions of perception or, or of time or, or of, of, of any other process in on cognition in, fun, in 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 experience. Mm. So you're taking something that you should not feel in the moment that is actually doing something overtly to you. So, so you're, you're
2: not tripping, you okay, you're not or, yes. okay or seeing. You're not uh, seeing
0: anything of such.
2: Okay, and it's in relatively it from two ago. Oh,
0: yes, of course. But what, what they're trying to achieve in the background, using the, the the physiological benefit of this product to enhance certain concepts of whether it's lateral thinking, creativity, uh, more in the moment, uh, awareness, uh, improved social engagement. And this product is used as, as alternate daily dosing or every third day dosing. There's no set... The pattern of dosing around it, but it's it's small amounts that don't induce any perceptible experience that would be beneficial in the background of an experience to what you want to achieve with it okay, so what so, is it actually yeah, doing
2: that, then because I mean you know people will want to feel something to know that it's actually working so say for example let's let let's use whether it is LSD or whether it is ecstasy or whether it 's even magic mushrooms that 's the sort of you know term loosely used um, hmm. what what exactly would would be happening in your body. What would be the benefits of that? So
0: okay. So depending on the product again, there's different mechanisms of action. So if we look at the classical psychedelic it is acting through a receptor called the serotonin two A receptor in the brain. Hmm. Serotonin is, is a neurochemical, and it's the chemical involved in mood and anxiety. You get it about quite often. It's a neurochemical that makes you more appreciate the here and now than the, the other chemical like dopamine that's more the driver and forward thinker and, and, and planner, so to speak. It's driven by that chem. So it enhances serotonergic functioning in the brain. But at the same time, it induces the release of an, an, another chemical in the background called brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which in the layman's terms is a fertilizer chemical in the brain Together, serotonin and brain-derived neurotrophic factor actually create a space that neurons can actually grow real-time. So it enhances dendritic connections, which is synaptic connections to adjacent neurons, or the potential to lengthen the neuron to connect to other parts of the brain potentially, mm. and depending on the dose, of course, in usage. And this, this has been proven in lab situations using brain organoids and rat brains to look at this. Mm. So there's truth to what goes on with the physiological and the clinics on these products. Okay. And at that level, you're enhancing the ability to make connections between information presented during you in engagement in, in conversation or whatever, two things you've got in the back of your mind, able to contribute more from the back of your mind into the conversation without earning and numbing too much mm. coming up more instantaneously, so to speak. So I should have done that before today's show.
2: Is what you're saying.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, somehow. You could have worked on it that way, yes.
2: Should have paid but you a this visit. Has been,
0: this has been touted out there, and of course there's some proof to, to the pudding in terms of lab assessment of this, but when it comes to the truth of microdosing, most data is anecdotal. We must, we must be true fair mm. with this. Mm. There's, because of the illegal nature of, of the products, they haven't been very many structured studies in specifically the microdosing, more have gone into macrodosing and what we do with that, that's completely different. Yeah. Uh, and, and and so so we can talk anecdotally and so these are usually surveys, anonymous surveys that yeah. they're done usually or, and, and from the surveys you, you 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 tend to get an inclination that it's it's beneficial, of course. That but depending on whether you can take information in the surveys to be verify because we don't know the dose being used, yeah. products being used, purified, purity of product, frequency of usage. So there's so many background variables that mm. questions the, mm. the outcome of the data. Well, there was a control trial where they did try and do this and, and the data was very inconclusive. It was a very small study. Okay. And they either marked dosed on NDMA, psilocybin and some eutropic agents and otherwise vitamins and, and and no one knew what they were getting, but no one really had a positive outcome really.
2: Okay, yes. and, and and I suppose that is why you know some people might say we need to do we need to be able to do this freely so we can see what happens. But let's talk about what conditions this can actually be used to treat. We, I mean, you spoke about creativity, you spoke about sort of feeding the brain or nourishing the brain as well. When it comes to actual conditions, like medical conditions or psychological, or whether it's mental health issues, what can this be used to treat successfully? You think?
0: I. This is now, of course, hypothesis, yes. and let's not take this to yeah. be true to what I'm talking at any proof to this. But there's, 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 of course, a space for it in in potentially anxiety, in depression, in potentially ADD, ADHD, to bring the mind to the here and now more co- consciously. There's been research going on in dementia. There's research going on in fibromyalgia, irritable mm. bowel. There's, there's the space for it, for addictive process for putting on smoking. So there's, this place for in this sorry. but then that's why if you go and look at what goes on in macrodosing to understand why they speak to all of this because that's what macrodosing is addressing quite effectively in, in research settings in the background
2: okay tell us so about macrodosing yeah, tell us
0: about that. So the, yeah, macro or hero dosing, which is in, in the form of what we call psychedelic assisted psychotherapy. This is this has been going on in research settings for almost 15, 18 years now in the Renaissance, current Renaissance of psychedelics. If you research, it's going on out there in the background in places like the Imperial College of Medicine, John Hopkins University, the Beckley Foundation and such. Uh, so the, the the data is quite profound, in fact. And Earlier this year, we had the first head-to-head trial against a well-established antidepressant and, 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 and equivalence, and if not some sense of superiority through the psychedelic one, just two doses against continuous dosing of an yeah. antidepressant over six weeks, which shows you Massive changes. And the difference is changes are growth changes, not containment changes. When we're using meds to treat psychiatric conditions, we often contain symptoms with the medication we use. We're not growing a person out of their condition. That's yeah. the, the, that's where more therapy is involved, the yes. talk therapy, so to speak. It's- what you're getting yeah. out of this is a combined approach using talk therapy as the precursor to to the main treatment with the side psychedelic and that's preparatory work psychedelic preparation Mm, mm. uh, psychotherapeutic preparation once that is restructuring of the information relating to a trauma or whatever it is then the individual is taken into deep experience and there that process work is then taken to hardwiring and putting in a lane in terms to perspective change in that person so on the other side of that therapeutic journey they have a Uh, enduring outlook that is now that's changed perspective. That's what they walk forward with. Mm, And of mm. course this doesn't happen magically with just one treatment. There's preparation and then integration on the other side of that journey and then review of a baseline to what needs to be addressed and more preparation work and then review. But what they've seen in studies that are going on out there that usually within two to three deep experiences, Mm. macrodose experiences you can actually walk away from chronic need for treatment and walk away from therapy Mm. or where uh, where where mainstream medications have failed to even contain symptoms. You don't even need the mainstream yeah. walking free of medication on the other side. So it's true healing rather than containment, so to speak. Mm. Rather than touching a person, we are healing people with this process.
2: And that was my that was my next question: is that you know the, this is something that can be done possibly? I mean, like you say, just for a controlled time, obviously in a controlled environment, with a, a, a proper medical professional, someone who is equipped to deal if with, with something if if something goes wrong or you're feeling something that you shouldn't. It, it, it's something that is not necessarily would take years of your life. It, it could even be weeks or months and 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 you and, and you might start to feel better am i right
0: that's correct and 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 logically so 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 the people who do this work define that the the, the process of a psychedelic experience is equivalent to four to six years of psychotherapy in four to six wow. hours of a psychedelic experience. Wow. That's how the therapy gets internalized, hardwired, and enduringly experienced on the other side. So yes, there's growth out of this. Uh, like I said, I've been following this quite closely for almost five, six seven years mm. now. And, and week by week, there's always some new outcome or new new data that's coming forward. That's why there's, there's startups abroad. There's, I think there's, there's over a billion dollars of startup companies in the psychedelic space trying to come up with a patent and synthetic psychedelic that they can then get recurring income models on. So a lot of people are trying to make this a profit model for themselves. But the work that's been done is primarily been done with products that have been already out there. So psilocybin, magic mushrooms, Mm -hmm. uh, LSD, of course, MDMA, uh, empathogen and tactogen that has been used in the rave generation, of course, founded in already it's making its way back into care and often in combination so what we would call in the rave generation a candy flip using two of these substances together it's been used therapeutically in 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 the protocols of approach and, and very 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 su- uh, select uh, successfully so i should mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. So, and- yes yeah.
2: And doc, you know, obviously there are, there are going to be those who think about, you know, what are the risks? And, and there might be some risks for some people. And, and the one concern is, are we opening the door to further drug use or using other drugs, illegal drugs, more harmful drugs? Does that happen? Like, like many people think about cannabis as well, that it's, it's, it's a gateway drug. Could that happen?
0: So, so in an unregulated and, a, and, and poorly supervised process, you can complicate a person, yes. Uh, uh, anyone can do a drug trip, Let's be fair. Psychedelic trips people have been doing for years, and there are people who complicate their psycho- psychology with a psychedelic trip, coming out with a recurrent dissociative re-experiencing and, and even getting a post-traumatic response to a yeah. psychedelic experience that has become a j- difficult journey. So, no, it's not that everyone should just run cold and use a psychedelic though. That said, if you have to put it on a scale of all psychoactive substances for potential harm to brain and body, enduring and chronic harm, long-term and, and acute uh, psilocybin, let's start with that product, yeah. sits at the, as the last product on the scale of psychoactive substances. It has no record well, they, they are toxic doses. It's equivalent to almost 28 kg kilograms of, of magic mushrooms mm. that you need to eat to be toxic, yeah. to, to to have a fatal dose. Uh, but other than that, no no true long term issues with the product. So it falls. In a space that is safer than benzodiazepines, mm-hmm. which are on that scale, or as a pain medication, opioid pain mm-hmm. medications, or mm-hmm. on that scale. Ketamine infusions, a treatment form, which is a pseudo psychedelic that's going on in South Africa at the moment, that's uh, for a third of that scale. Mm-hmm. And what leads the scale of, of risky psychoactive substances is alcohol. Nothing yeah. is worse than
2: alcohol. Yes. yes so and-
0: that's how you stagger it. And, if you, and that scale is by, of course, professionals in the medical field that look at all data. And a, a gentleman called Professor David Nutt put the scale together. He's out from the UK. And he's been trying to fight this battle for psychedelics in the space of, of treatment for a long time. And has gotten quite a bad reputation from his own government for that, because well, he's stood up against his government.
2: Well, I'm not sure. He surprised.
0: was one of the four that came forward for the pile of the cannabis punch.
2: Ah, okay. All right. Well, you know... That's it.
0: No, it is safest. Well, some of the safest psychoactive substances that you can get out there, in all honesty. In some cases, Leaving the body in somewhat healthier
2: state than yeah. it came. To so, doc, who who can actually you know try microdosing or macrodosing, and who absolutely shouldn't? And I was a bit confused because I saw that it can help. Well, not confused, but I was a bit concerned. And and it it can help with certain addictions. For example, you mentioned alcohol being more harmful. People who can use um, the, the psychedelics or use micro or macrodosing to get over other addictions. But I was just wondering if you have an addictive personality. Are you not just trading one addiction for another? Is that not a possibility?
0: No, not a possibility. One day, there's there's no ability about very low ability to reuse within a short period because of the surge of this chemical that is utilized that you really won't get the same experience within a period of a week or you'll get a muted experience. So no, there's no uh, there's no craving for the product, so there's no drive uh. to want to get more because it fixes the physiology. But there may be an experience callback to, wow, that was exhilarating, uh, liberating, and I would like to experience that again in a different form of callback. So no, the addictive drive to, 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 to the hardcore psychedelics does not exist. But truly, we do treat addictive. And one of the oldest psychedelics, well, one of the ones that has the longest history in South Africa in in therapeutic use is Ibogaine, Iboga, which is from the bark of the Iboga plant in African tree. And the synthetic version of that has been used in the treatment of opioid addictions, alcohol addictions, crack cocaine, crystal meth in in retreat models here in South Africa, uh, Ibogaine recovery centers, so to speak. So this sort of work has been going on, it's, it, it created, it, it gained pseudo-legal status and has been, uh, the authorities have turned an eye, a blind eye to it, to to mm. what's going on in that space, even though it, it is still a questionable product in the how it's used. But yes, it's shown its efficacy better than most models of care towards addictions. And and, and we didn't really know when when it came about what was going on in the, yeah. uh, the background of it's functioning, now we're getting better and better understanding to what's going on. It's profound physiology. I just gave you a touch of what goes yes. on, but there's so many parameters in the brain that change that actually what an individual does when they go into a psychedelic journey, they're actually reviewing all priors of themselves. They created the ego construct of themselves in their mind as through early life events in front of their parents and whatever else that transpired in front of them. And those ego constructs don't necessarily equate to who they are, but it's constructs yeah. about what the environment them and in, invariably you reconstruct your ego into oh. a different way of seeing yourself that's why they talk to ego dissolution in macrodosis or e, uh, ego deaths which is you sense of dying while you're in an experience but rec- recreating yourself coming through in a different form on the other side like being reborn to an experience sounds weird
2: it, I, I it's fascinating it's profound to
0: the physiology that goes on in the background there's some very insightful papers that talk to 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 this, these these yeah. concepts. Uh, are hypothetical, so, but very insightful.
2: So it's not changing who you are, it would be enhancing who you are if I'm if I'm if I'm hearing correctly, if if, if I'm if I'm gathering correctly. Well no, the- there'll be
0: elements of changing who, who you that? are too. Because we learn patterns of defensive behavior, ego defense mechanisms and things that we institute based on how we our ego construct is in the background, which may be fractured, so the defenses are inappropriate in the first Already those defenses start falling, so patterns of behavior, which become known as personality traits, can start changing. And no, you actually change, really. Your okay. demeanor changes, the energy changes, your calm, the energy level calm down, you're more centered. There's, um, there's, per, there's personality and, and, and non-verbal changes, so to speak.
2: So most likely positive changes. Now, I'm going to uh, very oh, selfishly ask... most cases, positive. Uh, yes. most cases, there, there, are,
0: there, are, there are certain groups of individuals that carry risk and they, that, I mean, not to say they would not be explored in research settings and under controlled environments. So both, obviously, people with a past experience of psychosis or psychotic disorder or family history of psychotic disorders. Uh, that small risk of a fragmented uh, e- emotional brain and, and the risk for psychotic break out of that mm. or for uh, continuous re-experiencing. On the other side, the risk is for bipolar patients who, who endogenous regulatory mechanisms of mood and things have now been broken, the risk of being activated into a hypomania and a manic state is quite likely as well with such mm. products. Mm. So there'll be caution to who you use it in and that's where the research guidelines are currently to avoid such and of course in pregnancy and such beyond. Yeah. But no, otherwise, really, everything else is fair game after that. Everyone else, in terms of research, they, they're coming at every other condition with research settings.
2: And, 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 and I suppose that raises mm. the other question from what you've spoken about. What if a person already has a very serious mental health issue, Doc, or they've suffered a major trauma? Can this help or can mm. it make it worse? Can it sometimes make it worse?
0: For well, the data out there, it will definitely help as long mm. as approach in a very structured and well-supervised process. Okay. Definitely.
2: All right. Well, let's just remind so, you. So this, yes, yes. Doctor. Do you go on.
0: No, no, sorry. Yeah, so, so of course, yeah. In, in a controlled environment and and proper integration work on the other side, it's not just about doing the so-called psychedelic experience. The integration can often go on for six months. That means process work thereafter, which is more grounding and more reality structuring thereafter. That's important.
2: Okay, Doc, stay with us. We're heading off to just uh, catch up with some headlines. We are talking to Dr. Naeem M. He's an integrative psychiatrist. We are talking about microdosing and the use of psychedelics and uh, things like uh, MDMA or ecstasy or LSD or uh, magic mushrooms or psilocybin as uh, is is the proper term for that. And just the, the positives of that, although it's not quite legal because of the substances that need to be used but there are benefits is what we're hearing from dr muller we'll continue our discussion with him in our wednesday masterclass after the headlines with gladys today
1: 702
2: masterclass ah, oh, this masterclass, we're talking, we're setting the cat among the pigeons, we're talking about something controversial, something that is not quite legal, but it is being done. There are studies that are being done in places and we're talking about microdosing and if you're still wondering what it is, it's, um, it, it's, it's come up over the past couple of years and it involves taking very, very small doses of psychedelic hallucinogens, that's a mouthful, psychedelic hallucinogens, things like um, ecstasy or MDMA or LSD or uh, magic mushrooms or psilocybin is the uh, proper term for that, uh, and taking them in small doses, not so that you actually, uh, you know, get high or go on a trip or feel any any tingles anywhere, but it's literally, from what I understand, uh, feeding your brain and 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 has a whole host of benefits and, and feeding your body and your brain and your mind so that you can function better. And it, it uh, apparently is set to reduce symptoms such as stress. It improves your mood, your optimism, your appreciation for life. It, it can even improve your body functioning. That's what some Studies or experts say it includes your ambition, productivity, and motivation as well. And helping us to understand all of this is integrative psychiatrist, Dr. Naeem M. Uh, he's been following uh, studies and research on this for a good few years, about six or seven years, and he's helping us understand this. So, Doc, we are back with you, and uh, Dr. Mullah is joining us on Zoom. So uh, please do um, forgive us for the little bit of delay or the talking over one another. But, uh, Doc, you know, I, I just want... Uh, To get a better understanding of uh, you know the, the pros and cons of this as well. That's what we've been talking about. Oh, yes, and let me just remind uh, our our listeners that uh, they can actually uh, give us a call. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you actually think of this, if I can actually find those numbers. There they are, 11 uh, 702 If you want to call us, if you have any thoughts on this, if you want to WhatsApp us or send us a voice note, it's 072-702-1702. What, have you heard of microdosing? Have you had some questions about it? Do you have a condition? that you actually think uh, it might uh, be able to help you with, uh, then give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Dr. Muller, I want to just do something very selfish now. So I canvassed a few friends when I knew that I was going to be talking about this here on the show today. And, of course, being at a certain age, many of us over 40, close to 50, a lot of them wanted to know, can it help us in the bedroom? Can microdosing help us in the bedroom? Because, you know, certain things just don't work as well after a few years, (laughs) after a few decades.
0: So, so no, unfortunately not. That's oh not necessarily <laughs> where that you're going to get that. Not that it can't have a background benefit towards it, but not acutely towards the bedroom functioning.
2: No. Okay. And um, not that
0: there's been much studies that looked at but just primarily for focusing on the serotonin experience, that's not the drive to want to get things. So it may just switch off that moment.
2: Oh, dear. Okay, so let's not go there then. All right. So we are talking about, you know, where this is being done legally, because obviously it it is illegal. It is considered illegal because of the substances. Where is it being done? Uh, Do we know which countries this is being done, where, where tests and trials are being done legally and responsibly?
0: Yes, so, so uh, like I mentioned, the UK with the Imperial College of Medicine that's been leading mm-hmm. the, the, the research out there, and, and they've got, uh, combined forces with the Beckley Foundation, which is a philanthropy group that's out there in the UK as well, that's funding a lot of the trials. There's work being done out of Holland where there's a bit of a technicality in their law. They have uh, truffles that are psilocybin-containing. The yeah. mushrooms were bad, but the truffles are not, so there's a loophole. The truffles have been used in, in a clinic retreat called synthesis that that has a program that utilizes and that's been going on for a while out in in jamaica costa rica bahamas there. It's been legal for a long time. There are retreats that are continuously running there, both shamanic retreats as well as structured psychotherapeutic retreats with, driven by psychiatrists and psychologists. Uh, out in the States, currently, there's about five states that decriminalized, and there's mm-hmm. some work going on in the five states, where at the their universities, all the major universities in the States have set up psychedelic research centers, so there's active work going on, but John Hopkins in the States is the primary university that's driving the process. Okay. There are other states that are all going on. Less than the products being utilized. Of course, are the, the mainstream. I mentioned the LST, psilocybin, mm-hmm. but other products. that can be microdosed. Are things like Peyote, San Pedro. Uh, so it's not uncommon to find that also mix. And sometimes there's stacking involved where they combine it with other nootropic agents like like uh, Lion's Mane, Reishi, things yes. like that. Okay. So this, this is what's going on abroad here. Yeah. Of course, to the microdosing side. There's, there's some work going on Not too active trials there But there are some active trials going on there uh, More towards dementia patients And towards things ah. like autistic spectrum uh, Fibromyalgia, cluster headaches That's where the microdosing trials are kind of focused okay. But majority of the trials are either Macrodosing or combined therapeutic agents whether using LSD, MDMA MDMA, psilocybin Hence combined therapeutic
2: oh, Absolutely yes. absolutely and fascinating. What, they, what they're
0: finding is It actually works across the boards For nearly every mental health condition in a different way of form, mm-hmm. but it actually works across the board, underpinning the common link to all mental health conditions underlying me, of course.
2: Okay, absolutely fascinating. Well, let's hear from Tyron in Rudaput. Tyron, good afternoon. You want to contribute? Uh, you know about all of this?
1: Yes, I'll you, Becca? Hi. Yeah, good, good. So, um, no, just, uh, I was just mentioning to your, one of your producers mm. there that uh, there's a show on Netflix called Fabulous Fungi.
2: Yes, I've heard about oh, it. Funga. yes. Yeah. yes. Makes you a fun yes. guy, right?
1: right? Fabulous, fun. The makes fun you a fun guy. guy. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, Paul Stamets, uh, I think he's the guy that's done all the research and whatever. And also, yeah, just goes into the benefits of magic mushrooms and whatever. Um, as, as the uh, psychiatrists are now mentioning, Lion Mane, that's uh, apparently been, been uh, very useful with mm-hmm. regards to Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other one is the turkey tail, which is apparently... Got unbelievable healing properties for cancers. Uh, I think he's Paul's tennis's mom had breast cancer, and apparently he's healed completely wow. uh, after taking turkey tail. So yeah, uh, that's definitely something that needs to be researched and mm-hmm. and 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 developed upon. But uh, I thought that you guys might be interested in. You know, just uh, checking out yeah. uh, Fabulous Hunger.
2: I've heard about it. I've heard about it. And I think I might have watched a little, but I'm going to go and see if it's still on Netflix and, and uh, to watch the entire thing. Is it something you would consider, Tyron? Is it something that you, you would try, microdosing? Uh,
1: yeah, definitely. I, I definitely would do, um, you know, um, especially if it uh, reduces anxiety and things like that. Um, and as, as the doctor was saying, um, you know, it, it, that resolves that you should, doesn't just you know you're not just uh,
2: coping. You're not just coping right. for the day or the week. Yeah, yeah. you're just not. Coping. Mm. Ah. All right, we seem to have lost Tyron there, but we get the gist of it. He's, he's oh. somebody who would, who would uh, consider it, and he says he's he's watched uh, is it fabulous fungi on uh, or fungi, however you say it, on on Netflix, and I have heard about it, and I think it's worth. And I think, Doc, the the more we have uh, that actually educates us about this, the less fear uh, there would be uh, about it. And and I'm I'm hoping that we are yet to see you know more about this come out here in South Africa. How close are we? ...to maybe, you know, legally trying this out here in this country?
0: Well, I'm aware of, of, of efforts in the background to, to address the legalizations. I mean, there, there was a pending trial of a, of a, a faith healer out from Cape Town that was meant to go as the trial of the mushroom to mm. the Constitutional Court, and Colbert knocked it off the, the roll, and then there's been some delays otherwise in that space. But I, I do believe within the next year to year and a half we should have more legalities on the ground in, in terms of this. I, I know there's, there's discussions at certain of our, our academic institutes are setting up of our own psychedelic research centers within the next six months. So we're trying to play a bit of catch up in the background. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I do believe this, like I said, in a year, year and a half to tr- clinical trials at least, uh, potentially another three to five years for access legally in, in mm. open treatment. Okay. With regards to documentaries, there's a documentary coming up later this month, uh, How to Change Your Mind. And that's uh, based on the book by Michael Pollan, which came out, I think it was 2019 or 2018. That also fed this whole resurgence and interest in the psychedelic sphere. So that's something to look forward to on Netflix in the next couple of weeks.
2: Oh, I'm making a note of that one. All right, Joe, in Santon, you say you took, I don't know how you say this. Is it Iboga, Ibogan for addiction? Just tell us about your experience. Hi, Joe.
3: Hi. Okay. Very quick. So it's like a whole history of things, but from school, they told me I'm ADHD mm-hmm. and
2: stuff.
3: And then I went from school to going into a bit of cocaine oh. and from cocaine, I needed to get off it. And uh, I was introduced to Ibogaine. I did it in South Africa. I don't know if you can do it here, but I've done it. And it actually got me off the coke. Oh. Of cigarettes, apparently it resets the receptors in your brain I've read a lot but nobody speaks about ibogaine, does the doctor know about it?
2: Um, let's find out from Dr. Muller, Dr. Muller, I know about iboga is this is this a part of the family? Do- yes.
0: yes, it is it's more synthesized version, the one is the natural version and yes, uh, like I mentioned it's the oldest psychedelic and therapeutic use in South Africa, almost about 15 to 20 years now going on in the background
2: Okay, so Joe, That's the doc has heard about sweet it. Treats
0: or recovery centers you know, around the country.
2: Okay, great. He's heard about it, Joe. And I, I just want to know. So you, you've never gone back on any other, uh, like, like no, you say, I you want smoke. cocaine. It's done.
3: No, yeah. Now I smoke a lot of weed, right? Oh. So like it never ends. So what I'm trying to get at is that you know what? And and the thing is, I don't smoke out of, I guess. It, it, uh, it takes a bit of a build-up, and then I need to smoke, okay? So, like, a couple of days or a couple of... I just have a really, really stressful time, and then I need to smoke. And it actually works out for me. But, but
2: are you functional, Joe? Are you able to get on with day-to-day I'm things in functional. life?
3: I've got a, I've got a business, multinational business, which is insane. I've got a business that's based in Toronto and here. So, look, the bottom line is, I I've honestly, not my religion, not even me, wants this... To continue Right mm. So is there a way out I mean You know When you're at school okay. you ADHD Right Yeah So like as an adult, I'm 40 years old now And I'm desperate To sort this out I've tried a lot of things We read Doc will understand I read Arabic From the Quran And mm-hmm. he'll understand That It helps With the brain It helps There's a lot of other things One can do But I'm kind of tired of it And micro dosing Doesn't even appeal To me from there You know Just listening I just want to know where does it end, what medication, when When can it end? So
2: you want to get off all of this. You don't want to be smoking all the weed. You don't want to be taking the you know, abogaine. You want pain. to just be clean. It's
3: a clean, right?
2: It's an absolute pain. You've got to duck and it's
3: just continuous. Go duck and okay. dive. But if you're going to end up microdosing, say if it helps, me. then I'm going to duck and dive and do that.
2: Mm, okay, <laughs> so, well... Like, let, let's find out from Dr. Muller what, you know, what could be going yeah. on with you and, and whether, you know, Mike, if, if it is something for you. Dr. Muller, just listening to Joe's, Joe's case, if you did hear him uh, clearly there, I mean, mm. he wants to know, is there an end to this? When does it end? Uh, he, he's tried the Ibogaine, well, it got well, him off the cocaine, but now he smokes a lot of uh, cannabis or weed.
0: And, and, and just going back to what I said a bit earlier, is that it doesn't take necessarily one treatment approach to undo what you need to do and get right what you need to get right. And that's why they, an individual then goes through integration work after the experience and a reestablishment of a baseline of what they still need to address, preparation in more psychotherapeutic work and another treatment. And this is how the models abroad have shown that it can take two to three deep such treatments with structured work in between that would get you away from it. It's not that now the Abogain has failed. It has to an extent, gotten certain mm. much of growth to come close, that's why he's come to a certain point. And this is now taking to a different concept of journeying in recovery. Mm. This is journeying in your journey of recovery, and that his journey still so continues. Yes, he may be a bit frustrated, but he has to actually embrace himself to go the further route on getting this right, mm. rather than get frustrated, which then just drives him to fall back into his substance rather. So no, this 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 work can go. You should rather review that. Go back to the original centre you've been to if they're very structured in integration and preparation work, or possibly look for one that is more structured out there to review
2: such mm-hmm. a work. Joe, I'm just wondering, how many times have you taken the ibogaine? Did you just go? You said you did this abroad. Did you just? Was well, it once off? You just took it like literally twice. You took it literally twice. Like, so in two sets. So after yeah.
3: six years, uh, I did it first, and then after six years, I did it again. The second round, I did it basically to stop smoking weed, right? Yeah. So I went in and grated. it's just like really edgy about a week and a half later. And I was like, okay, that with this, mm-hmm. complete relapse. But I, I really appreciate the whole Ivo effect the first round. Yeah. And then on the second round, like almost nothing happened. Right. I didn't have any major like the first round you puke so much, it's like this huge amount of dial that comes out mm. of you think you're completely cleansing yourself when you you're completely dirty and stuff and for three, four days after that you you you're very emotional because my Ibogaine trip took me right back to my I felt like I was in my mom's womb oh. and coming out and all of this. it was wow. like really, really intense. So everything that happened in childhood popped up in that Ibogaine trip. And it lasted with me for, I guess, for my whole lifetime. Whatever I saw there, right? Mm. But it's insane. Like the whole thing, you know. You, you'd never see this on TV. No one will tell you what's going to yeah. happen, what's going to come, and then you go through it. And really, game can get you off cocaine. I will tell you now. Yeah. yeah it, 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 one hundred percent can get you off. In my, that's my, my only.
2: Yeah.
3: What? Well, my only experience. And I can say yes, that works.
2: Well, Joe. But, you did hear what Dr. Yeah. Muller had to say. He said, you know, it, it, it might be worth a few more tries to actually yeah. uh, get you off this. Like you say, it, it, it worked to get you off cocaine. Now you've yeah. gone on to weed, which some might say, okay, it's not as bad. Some might say it's just as bad. But it, it, it might, yeah. and if you can afford it, uh, you know, like he says, um, it, 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 it might just be worth once or twice more or whatever it is. But maybe, uh, Dr. Muller, can, can can Joe contact you maybe just for further advice? Um, and, and where would he yes. find you? Yeah.
0: Uh, definitely. I'm listed on, on, on Google Maps and, and you'll find me on my website as well. But yes, you're you welcome to contact
2: all right. Great. So, Joe, I hope but, that helps you. Yeah. And I hope that helps you because it's not a one size fits all these kinds of things. And we don't want to give out, you know, this might work for you. It might not work for everyone else who who is listening. So good luck. And, and like Dr. Mulla said, do feel free to contact him. His uh, Naeem Mulla and just look for integrative uh, psychiatrist uh, to, to find him there. So good luck with that, Joe. But very fascinating. And thanks for sharing your experience with us. Not many people would, would, would want to talk about it.
3: Thank you. Thank Thanks
2: very much. Well, Dr. Muller, that certainly is, you know, and, and I'm glad Joe called us because um, for somebody who's actually been through this and so many products there that we actually that we actually don't know exist and, and, and that, you know, some might say nature has provided. So, and, and, and I suppose the years will go by where we learn more and more and more and the more documentaries that come up uh, with all of this and the more books that are written and the more research. And uh, look, I'm, I'm that person. Like I said, I'll be happy to take part in any trial. <laughs> I'm not doing much these days. So I'll, you know, I'll be happy to be part of the trial and come and just, you know, take something and lie down and see what happens. But, um, but the, we, we, we cannot uh, sort of disregard what the benefits of this might be.
0: Actually, if you consider that that these products have been used by ancient cultures over millennia and no culture is going to hold on to a product that is harmful to their people, no, there's, there's a lot we're missing behind the scenes of these products, these so-called plant medicines, so to speak.
2: Yeah, uh, I see that we've got uh, a question from Gail, and she wants to know, is this the ketamine drip? So I don't know what a ketamine drip is. I've never had one, but Dr. Muller, maybe you can answer that question. Uh, is, is that a form sure. of microdosing? I think that's what she means.
0: No, no. So ketamine is a pseudo psychedelic product. It's truly an associative anesthetic agent that's really been on our market since about 1970. It's just in the last decade been repositioned in psychiatry where it's used as a psychedelic product in therapeutic care. So you go into a treatment room, you put a drip set up for you, you have a mask over your eyes here and a, a soundtrack closing you in and, and you put into a therapeutic journey under the ketamine which is then dosed to a level that is sub-anesthetic. It takes you to a dissociative experience which you, you zone into your mind if that's what dissociation is about and mm-hmm. that is the trip that you have and under this experience again, brain derived neurotrophic factor is released and synaptogenesis and neuroplasticity takes place and there's a rewiring so that ketamine infusions are not microdoses it's it's, it's the psychedelic experience that goes on for about 40 minutes Mm. and is done over a course of three to six depending on the individual's indication and response to the intervention
2: all right and this has been in south
0: africa for about three to four years now
2: and that's legal
0: and that's legal. Yes.
2: Okay. All right. Someone, Doc, wants you to talk about. I hope I pronounce this right. Is it mescaline or mescaline and ibotenic acid from the Amanita muscaria mushroom? I'm learning more about mushrooms today than anything else. Can you? Do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, mescaline is is a form of a psychedelic as well. So you, you have the classic that works through serotonin pathway, and then you have the mescaline pathway, and that's psychedelic too. Yes.
2: Okay, and then someone says, I have been microdosing with psilocybin um, slash lion's main mix. I have foggy brain due to Hashimoto's. Me too, I have foggy brain due to Hashimoto's. And it has been life-changing, clarity of thinking and mood lifting. So I'm a Hashimoto's uh, sufferer as well, Doc. And I wonder if this is something that would actually help me as well. Tell us about that, please, because I'm particularly interested in this one.
0: Of course, you have autoimmune conditions play in the background. There's an mm-hmm. activated stress response, and there's, there's data that shows that there's a switch down of your adrenal surges and stress response in, under the influence of these microdosing products, which would be, give you more clarity to cognitive function if you're not searching adrenaline and then dopamine, whereas a neurochemical secondary to the adrenaline. That's potentially the benefit of Improvement that they may be experiencing as a result of this. So it's the switching off a stress response pathway in the background, on top of the neuro, neurogenetic benefits as well.
2: Okay, so I, I mean, I've seen things like uh, lion's mane, and I've seen things in in certain products, um, even in like little shakes for kids. Uh, so it, it is there. So something it it seems like those are legal things that we are finding them in those little stores that uh, you know that that sell this sell drops and all of that. So I, I'm just wondering, how do we know? I mean, we, we we are saying that they are illegal, but we are seeing them in in, in different no. forms. I'm no, a bit no, confused two here. Yeah
0: there's two different things yeah okay. the, the, the psilocybin containing mushrooms which is containing psilocybin those are psychoactive mushrooms lion's mane reishi, cordyceps turkey tail these are types of mushrooms that have other components in it that are nootropic in benefit so they will help brain growth and neuronal health but will not induce a psychedelic experience
2: okay but they they have health benefits so they're okay. not
0: classed as psychedelic yeah they will help with nootropic issues uh will help with, with Focus, uh, help in, in, in the moment. So it's often use as supplements for ADHD as well. So rather than run straight to the med, we use these uh, nootropic supplements to help for more in the moment
2: focus. Okay, so not quite the same thing but from the family is what we're saying, but not, not quite the same effect.
0: Not not the psychoactive products. Okay,
2: yes, no. So so doc you know, where would we where would we sort of find if somebody, like we had Joe say, he went abroad? Um, you know, how accessible is this to South Africans? Because I'm sure there are a lot of people now who want to say, okay, I suffer with this, me, with the Hashimoto's, I want to try all of this. And we just don't know if we're going to go through the back door here somewhere. We, are gonna, we don't know what we're getting, right? And, and that's the danger. You know, if, if somebody wanted to get proper information about this, where, where are the responsible places to seek that information?
0: So, we don't have a central authority in South Africa, unfortunately, and, and a lot of the information is we're really taken from abroad. So, yeah, there are treatment centers that are legal abroad that you can get direct information from these centers. The, most of our local information is, of course, just accumulation of what's out there. Uh locally, I would say, say, wait for research trials kick off within the next year. I would think we'll have our research centers up and going and maybe yourself, Rebecca, can step forward as a candidate in research. Like you said, you're open to this. Yeah, yeah, I'm there, I'm there. Uh, but other than that, I really don't want to put my head on, on the block and give advice to where to look for information at the moment.
2: All right. Well, thanks very much, uh, Dr. Mullah, integrative psychiatrist, Dr. Naeem Mullah. I appreciate you actually coming this far with us and having this discussion. I know that it is risky for certain uh, professionals or medical professionals to actually go there, but... uh like we, we have seen, many people uh, have been trying this. They've gone abroad. Others are getting their mixes from here. It seems to have helped them. It might be, you know, uh, an option for some people, but of course, just get your information from the right place. My name is Yuveka Rangapa. I've been in for Relebukulimaba.